All right, welcome to summer camp. Yeah. Thanks, Seth. Uh, so this week we're talking about meaningful relationships, as Jib indicated. And it's really just kind of kick off to give us a place of where we're at, how we're feeling about this whole idea of coming together and forming relationships um, as Christians, and particularly with people we may not know. And so I'm, I'm making the argument that meaningful relationships are those relationships that foster spiritual development and growth. And so you may have all sorts of relationships, but maybe very few actually do this. And I'm, I'm proposing this to you because uh, as Christians, uh, we believe that coming together should grow our spiritual abilities, um, our spiritual gifts. And so as you walk away, you should be increasing in love, joy, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And if that's not meaningful to you, then you're in the wrong place, because that's, that's the goal, right? So we all hope to find these things in relationships and to go out into the world just supercharged with these spiritual gifts and faithfulness to help us endure the world that we face. Um, and so that's the goal. That's what we're looking at. That's what we're hoping for in the relationships we form um, with friends and family and everyone we know. And Ray Orland, uh, a wise older pastor, has a formula that he gives of gospel plus safety plus time equals a church where anyone can grow. And that, that's spiritual growth. And so I'm going to take that and apply it to individual relationships. So if we have those elements, we can see growth. And in that, ultimately end up maybe unbeknownst to ourselves with a meaningful relationship. So the first part is the gospel. So, through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we find reconciliation with God and a hope that the Holy Spirit will use us to engage with the world and bring glory to his name. And so that should shape, that belief, that foundation should shape the way we relate to one another, the way we act, the way we communicate, and the way we love. And this will all just be happening um, in the context of relationships, right? And this can happen one-on-one. -on -one. This can happen in small groups, and this can happen in the church. And this should shape, again, the way we speak, right? And so those who have been forgiven of much will forgive much. And those who are loved much will love much. And so when we engage in these groups, we should find these things, and we should share these things and encourage these things in one another. The other element is safety. In James 5.16, he says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So that is very confronting, right? To come into a group of people and actually bring your sins. Right? So these are your failures, your shame, your guilt, your lies, your betrayals of maybe even the people you're encountering. Right? So this it's almost self-evident of the power that would come with this group and the ability to actually foster a meaningful relationship if that safety exists. Right. If you can't bring yourself, then the other person cannot receive you, right? and you end up with inherently shallow relationships. Uh, the final part is time. This is pretty self-evident as well. right? We need to spend time with each other in order to gain a relationship, in order to actually speak to one another and actually act in each other's lives. We must spend time together. And when you invest in someone, it will cost you something. Uh, that's known. Uh, fortunately for Christians, if we can assume the safety in the gospel, and hopefully that comes 
you know, you may not assume that just because someone says they're a Christian, but hopefully if you come into this community, you can witness it and you can carry that forward as you engage one-on-one or in small groups and say, okay, well, I can assume a certain level of safety and gospel from these people. So I believe that when I share with these people, I will be forgiven and I will be encouraged. Um, when I confess my sins, they'll encourage me to fight, not to give up, right? And so we have a huge advantage in this. So again, we're looking at gospel, safety, and time. And those are the elements which kind of encompass these and build meaningful relationships. So the hard part, again, is in, well, how do we get these meaningful relationships? I'm sure all of us want meaningful relationships, and some of us may have sought after meaningful relationships and feel like we've fallen short. Um, so we'll look to Jesus uh, as an example and how he structured his friendships. And again, this is a short talk, so um, we're not going to go into the Bible, so you have to assume that what I'm saying is relatively correct. Some of it might sound familiar. But in uh, the Gospels, Jesus sends out the 70. He sends out 70 to go preach the Gospel. So he had a group of disciples of 70 that had a single mission, a common worldview, and a single goal, and a single God. For our context, that would be the kingdom here in Perth, and even more specifically, your church at King's Cross, if you remember here, right? Those are your 70. You have a common mission, common goal, but the problem is you can't intimately know 70 people, right? And so then Jesus had his 12, right? his disciples. And in John 15, 15, he says, I have called you friends, as he's talking to the 12, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. So they're his friends because he gives himself to them. He spent time with them, and he actually spoke to them. He actually shared the deepest parts of his hearts with them. Right? So he assumed a level of safety. He didn't withhold himself from them. And because of that, they were his 12. And then Jesus had the three. He had his James, his John, his Peter. These were his buddies. These were his closest guys. If he was at his highest high, these are the guys that are with him. At his lowest lows, these are the guys that are with him. So these are the guys he brings to battle, and these are the guys that he brings to see the miracles, to witness the most glory that he brings into the world. Um, and so as in Jesus' context, each of these is a subset of the smaller. And I'm not going to say that's prescriptive at all. I have very meaningful relationships with other Christians. Um, one of the most meaningful relationships I have is just at work. Right, I'm going outside of the 70, and it's good to have that buddy, right? that meaningful relation, that gospel. Uh, Jesus, he moved around, so he could only be friends with those that were around him, so it makes sense. Um, but it does, that, that, that structure does provide very massive benefits that we can all look to and gain from. Um, one, it's efficient. Who has time to have 15 individual friends where they're invested in, right? If you're just meeting with your three and you're meeting with the 12 and that's completely different people, if you're meeting them on a weekly basis, that's more than two appointments a day, <laughs> right? And that's, that's what we're looking for. We're, we're almost a weekly basis sort of contact point or reaction. Like, I don't have time for that. You might have time for that. Um, but it, to me, it almost seems impossible and it's daunting to engage in that level. And in that, we find table communities as creating a beautiful opportunity to actually come together and share yourself, not with one person, but with six, maybe ten people, um, and hopefully find that gospel and that safety. 
um, and that time. And so, really, as we look into these relationships, we, we need to reflect on how are we spending our time? Who are we invested in? Are we actually receiving meaningful relationships with the people we engage with? And are we bringing the gospel? And are we bringing safety? And are we bringing time? Are we giving up our time? And so, the rest of the time, if you thought this was a preach, it's not. So it's, it's actually coming to a close. We're going to spend some time actually in small groups, actively pursuing, modeling this structure of gospel, safety, and time, and then reflecting on ourselves as we go into table communities, as we go in um, to our small groups and considering how we spend the rest of this year. It's a good time. We, we tend to reset at the beginning of the year. How are we going to spend our time? Where are we going to show up week to week? Um, and recognizing, so we're going to split into small groups, and a team of us will help you do that, and we're going to have some questions that are going to be addressed um, during that time. And I won't just put them up there. I'll actually go through them and, and provide some, some context. They're pretty self-explanatory. But So the first question is, who are your three, or do you have a three? And most people I encounter actually don't have this, even Christians do not have this. The guys that they're willing, or gals, they're willing to have in every moment of their life, when they feel the devil's at their front doorstep, they're willing to call someone, right? These are, these are your guys you call on. Um, these are the guys you trust with your family, your kids, your wife. Um, do you have that? And again, most people will not. And in the context of pursuing meaningful relationships, I encourage you to share that. Share that struggle, share that desire, um, and discuss with each other, um, you know, why do you think that might not be happening? If we have these elements, it should be happening. So what are the barriers? And we each can have our own barrier. There can be personal resistance. There can be logistical issues, your ability to get somewhere, be somewhere, your job. Um, you know, I have a lot, we have a lot of people in here that do FIFO or shift work, and it makes these things very difficult. Of the people that you see each week, are they in your 3, 12, or 70, or are they outside that? Do they meet the criteria to be in that group? If not, why are you prioritizing that relationship? So a little bit of a challenge there. Um, I know particularly uh, as our family grows, we realize your time shrinks. And if you allocate your time the same way, you end up just taking away from different relationships, right? You have limited capacity. So what are you investing in? And you can look at your week and find that out. And then finally, just sharing, like, what is God saying to you about your relationships? How are you invested um, in these groups? Do you enjoy them? Do you not enjoy them? Do you want nothing to do with them? Do you look forward to them? Um, in, in the form of table communi- communities, um, as well as just in your one-on-one relationships, your work relationships, so on and so forth. And um, we're not trying to hide that this, this is a selling point, right? That we're trying to get you excited about table communities, right? There's a lot of transparency. And so as we go into the table communities, we want to understand where each other are and practice here in what we hope is a safe culture. We've got a question? Uh, so just do they bring gospel safety in time? So are they invested? Can, can they encourage spiritual growth in your life, or are they currently encouraging spiritual growth in your life? Um, and, and something else, if someone doesn't share your gospel view or your worldview, then you can't really come to them with your issues, right, or your problems or your struggles. 
Or if I say, oh, you know, me and my wife are having a struggle, and they say, oh, you know, well, ball and chain, you shouldn't have gotten married. Like, they're, they're not my friend, right? They're my enemy, right? They're pursuing death in my life. And so we need to be actually careful who we link ourselves to and who we give our time to. Um, and, and that's what we're workshopping today, discussing, and hopefully we can inspire one another and even create some space at the end um, if some testimonies arise um, of meaningful relationships. We'd love to give you the opportunity to share that um, with, with everyone.